listening to the PWBA Podcast, a show about the current superstars and legends of the Professional Women's Bowling Association. Join Bowl TV's Jason Thomas and Aaron Smith as they bring you a collection of stories, history, and the latest happenings from the best women bowlers in the world. Aaron Smith! Happy post-Thanksgiving Monday to you, sir. That's, uh, yeah, that's the best possible way, po- best possible way to describe it, post, what did you say, post? Po- Post-Thanksgiving Monday. Monday. Yeah, yeah. Cyber, otherwise known as Cyber Monday, right? <laughs> that is correct. Uh, yeah, we're back for the PWBA podcast. We took a week off uh, last week for the, uh, for the Thanksgiving holiday, so we hope all of you watching had a great time and uh, uh, obviously some great meals. Hopefully you get to enjoy it with your family as much as you could in these crazy times. But, uh, but yeah, excited to be back. Episode 49. And uh, we got a great guest lined up as well. Yes. 49 episodes, man. Where, where is all the time gone? We're going to have our silver anniversary episode uh, next week. Crazy. The time has flown for sure, but it's been fun to learn about the players and the athletes on the PWBA tour uh, getting to learn a little bit more about them, their backgrounds, their stories, uh, their adventures on the lanes and off, of course. So, and we'll uh, we'll do that again today with uh, Brandy Branca as she joins the show. So, JT, is it time? Should we do yeah, it? Let's let's do it. Let's bring her on. All right, here we go. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Good. How are you? How are you? <laughs> Hanging in there, finishing, uh, cleaning up the house after we had some family over for Thanksgiving. So nice. That's always fun. Cleaning yeah. up the post. At least you waited a few days. <laughs> <laughs> Took some time to relax and uh, get some homework done. But yeah, back to back to the grind. Yeah. Nice. So what have you been up to uh, last few months? Uh, well, school recently started for uh, my athletes at Maryville University, so that started back up in um, grad school. I started last August with going to grad school at Maryville, so just been focusing on that and wedding planning whenever that may happen. So, <laughs> Wow. Wow. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. So how, how has the uh, pandemic affected your wedding planning? So we were supposed to get married uh, this past October, October 3rd, and we postponed to February. But now, I don't know, I think we're going to make a decision this week on what we plan on doing with that. We may postpone again. So, Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure it's important to have all the people you want to have there, right? I mean, so that, that probably means some time after vaccinations and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. Our guest list is about 300 people. So yeah. it's it's pretty big. And, you know, we want to have all of our family and friends there. And, you know, right now our venue is currently shut down with um, in Illinois with everything going on. So and I think they're only allowing like 100 people right now, too. And we don't want to have to cut our guest list. So it's that would be hard to do with 300 on it. Did yeah. you three, 300 for a reason? Is that is that like a magic number? No, we're just, I think we're a little bit under 300, but uh, I mean, we both come from big families. So that is a lot, a majority of our guest list. And I don't know, I just, I can't bite the bullet to to minimize anything. So. Gotcha. Well, 300 is a perfect number. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, JT. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh you're still uh, going for your graduate degree. What uh, what is that? In? Uh, I'm getting it in management and leadership with a concentration in marketing. So started it last August, and I will graduate next December. So I have about a year left. That's awesome. Yeah. What are you What are you planning on doing uh, once you graduate? You know, I don't know. I have wanted to get my master's ever since I graduated from McKendry back in 2013. I just never have bit the bullet to actually do it. And this last year I was like, you know what, I'm going to get my master's. I'm intrigued with the business side of it because at McKendry, I got my um, undergrad in health and wellness. So uh, my fiance works for a physical therapy company and I hear a lot of business stuff from him. So it kind of intrigued me a little bit. And 
at Maryville, I have taken on other jobs like event planning when it comes to the golf classic for athletics and some 5k um, stuff. So I kind of like that side of things. So I just kind of wanted to see what else was out there. Cool. That's very cool. How does that tie into uh, your bowling relationships? Uh, with you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I love my job and I'm going to be doing this for a while. Um, but, you know, down the line, eventually when we start having a family and we're getting older, like, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to see what else is there to offer. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, it's always nice to have a backup plan. Yeah. Just, yeah. You just never know. So. Yeah. Now we've talked a little bit about Maryville. We talked about 300 guests at the wedding. Uh, you know, you had something happen recently on the lanes that actually did not involve a 300, but involved the state record in, <laughs> yeah, in Illinois on a close to three. <laughs> 868 series games of 290, 279, and 299 to uh, beat the previous record of 865 uh, held in the state of Illinois. Uh, that was, I believe, right before everything closed down for you, too. Uh, just, uh, wow, that's a lot of striking. That's super cool to do. Uh, and Talk us through that type of experience. That's, uh, you know, uh, for most folks, you know, getting to the 858, 60, 870 range is once in a lifetime type thing. So uh, hopefully that's not the case for you. But tell us more about this and just, uh, you know, kind of that experience in general. Yeah. So uh, earlier in the week, that's when our governor from Illinois announced that there was going to be a shutdown. So Wednesday, I bowl in a women's five man team league. And I knew that was going to be our last night of league for. I don't know how long. And uh, so actually the next day, that Thursday, Hammer was coming out with two new bowling balls, um, the Black Widow 2.0 and then the um, Hammer Web MB, which that's the one I got drilled. So I uh, called up my ball driller and I was like, hey, is there any way you can get this drilled before Lee? Because honestly, I don't know when I'd be able to throw it after that. So he was able to get it done. I wasn't sure what I was going to expect with the bowling ball just coming out of the box. And all of a sudden, here I am shooting 868, and I could not believe it. <laughs> I, 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 was there like a, a moment? Were you thinking about what you were doing as it was happening? Or, you know, how did you how did you keep your mind off of just the enormity of that number? Uh, honestly, this I don't know if this is going to sound a little weird, but I was more nervous to shoot 300 than I was 800. I don't know. I 800 didn't even really cross my mind. It was more of the 300 that I really got nervous about uh, the second and third game. But I just having my whole team or having my team there, just being able to keep conversations going and not thinking about what was happening. I think that's kind of what helped distract me a little bit, too. So, well, what was your high set for three before this? I want to say it was 816 or something like that. So big jump from. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, 816 is pretty awesome. Yeah. But eight 868 is like ridiculous. <laughs> you know what? I don't, I don't think I ever imagined myself bowling that high of a series. So I was pretty, pretty shocked that it happened. <laughs> Well, you, you took out all the pressure off in the first frame by not striking, so that you, yeah. know, you, you don't have to worry about that that part of it. But uh, has there been any talk? You know, we're looking at we saw the scoreboard there. Any talk about moving you into a different spot in the lineup? That three spot doesn't seem to be advantageous uh, to, to your skills right now. So that's uh, you know that league. Um, I actually subbed in it last year. And um, they asked me to come back because uh, one of the girls uh, actually ended up moving away. So they needed another bowler. And um, honestly, I, I, it doesn't matter where I am in the lineup. It it doesn't make a difference for me. But I think those people have been bowling that league for however many years since it's been around. So they just wanted to keep it all the same. So I'm like, all right, just throw me in there wherever you want me and I'll do the best I can. <laughs> Now, I have to ask, with uh, with that ball being fresh off the press, first three games, uh, did you have any thought of retiring at that point? Just say, you know what, <laughs> this ball, it, it did its job, it was good, maybe we'll get another one, we're, we're going to put this one away for a while. You know, you're not the only person that's asked me that, and I never thought about it until someone asked me that, and I was like, you know, I don't, I actually don't know. I think I'll, I'll still throw it, but then again, I may order another one and put it away like you said so I don't know I guess we'll see what happens yeah I think I think it might make sense to definitely order up a case 
to have uh, you know, for future. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah, or two. <laughs> <laughs> so what what uh, recognition did you get once once you once you shot the set? I mean, it, obviously uh, we've mentioned it was a state record. Um, you know, and it's not like uh, your state isn't it doesn't have a lot of ballers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, what, what kind of recognition did you receive when you, when you did it? Um, so after it happened, I immediately called my dad cause he's always the first person I call after any sort of bowling accomplishment and just told him, you know, what happened and he couldn't believe it. And so he actually reached out to my, uh, hometown paper or moments where I grew up and, uh, just let them know what happened. And they did an article for me and the daily, um, I think it's Southtown, which is a, the suburb of Chicago. They actually just wrote another article about me as well. So I had a couple of newspaper articles, but um, other than that, just random people coming up to me or just messaging me or congratulating me that I've never talked to before, which it was pretty cool. So that instant celebrity status, just yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, looking, uh, you know, to, to the job responsibilities at Maryville University, I believe you've been the head coach since the start of the program, correct? Yes, yeah, since 2015 was our first season. So you've got to kind of get used to the, you know, the ebb and flow of a season, uh, you know, the recruiting, all aspects of being a collegiate coach. And obviously this, uh, the pandemic brings a whole new atmosphere to that. And your team actually had the ability to start the season. You bowled the uh, Hammer Bearcat Open. The Saints went on and won that event. Your next event got canceled. And now it's a situation where you're not potentially bowling again until January. Uh, how's it been like for your student athletes just trying to, uh, you know, kind of deal with all the stop, the go, and just kind of the uncertainty uh, in this time? Um, I could definitely sense a little bit of frustration, um, especially with our season getting cut short last year in March with when everything started happening. That was the first time that we made postseason for sectionals and we were actually le leaving the day of. And that's when we got the announcement that sec or that sectionals was getting postponed. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Um, but they have adjusted the best that they can. I want to say they've done a great job. Um, with classes, Maryville has done a hybrid, so they have the opportunity to do online classes or a little bit of mixture of both. I will say probably for my newbies, it's been a little bit more difficult just with them being first year students. Um, they're living by themselves in their dorms. They're not allowed to have a roommate and just not being able to experience that full college first year, I guess you could say. Um, but they've done a great job uh, with practices still been going on and workouts and you know, with us coming off a win with the first tournament, I mean, I'm still amazed that it happened. I'm so excited for them and just everything that they've been through up to that point, like they really came together as a team and it was great to just watch everything happen that weekend. How has it been? I know a lot of um, uh, people in the academic space have had to make a lot of changes to their plans and um, protocols and whatnot. How, how much, how much time have you had to spend on, you know, planning for those kinds of things for, uh, you know, past and future events? So a lot of the classes have actually been online, which has been helpful. And before this all happened with Maryville making this hybrid experience for the students, I told the girls, I said, if there is a class that is online um, and you feel comfortable taking it, please do. So you're not missing in-person classes and whatnot. So they feel comfortable doing that. Um, but it's just, just adjusting and just making sure that they feel comfortable. And if we have to work around it and move things around, then I'll do that. Cause the, my girls know that academics always come first. So. Uh, kind of a change of topic here, but kind of going back to our first one, um, uh, can you read this? Can you read that one? Oh yeah, I see that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my favorite go-to or favorite go-to first ball out of the bag when practicing. Ooh, uh, let me think. That's a tough one. I'd probably have to say my Rodman Pearl. That's that's been a go-to for me. Um, and then three hundreds. I believe I've had three. And you almost had three in one set. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> do, you, do you bowl a lot of league on um, uh, league conditions, or do you do you try to stay away from that and bowl more more on sport conditions? So Monday nights, uh, I bowl in a doubles sports shot league with my fiance, and we actually travel to three different houses. Um, so yeah, that's, it's been fun. It's a doubles league. We bowl four games, head to head matches against the other teams in there. And that's about it that I get for sports shot for league. Um, but then there's also times where I practice with the girls too. So I still am able to, um, practice on those conditions as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cause I am always surprised at the number of 300 games. It just seems like, like you, you, you would have like 20 or 30, but, <laughs> but, but, but then a lot of times it's just because, you know, good bowlers don't bowl on league conditions where you're, you know, it's, it's easy to rack up 300 games. Yeah. It, funny you say that last year when they asked me to sub, um, that was the first time I bowled on a true house shot condition, I guess in a, God, I couldn't remember high school maybe. Um, and they were like, Hey, do you mind subbing for us? I'm like, Oh my God, I don't even remember how to throw, how to bowl on a house shot pattern because I, I haven't done that in so long. <laughs> It's different. And, and uh, we, I'm actually later this week, we're going to have a conversation with Tony Franklin about that very topic, because uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting one, in, in my opinion. And we're going to get to this a little in a little bit on this show. But you, 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 te- you tend to have a lot of success on tour on the on the tougher conditions, which is which is interesting. And then, you know, you could go in bowl league and you shoot 868. So, uh, but but is that is that we might as well talk about it now since I brought it up, but is that, is that something you prefer, you know, bowling on the, on the more difficult, you know, lane conditions? I think so because it's more about a grind than um, with those tournaments that, you know, do have sports shot conditions and they maybe come off a little easier. I think I get more frustrated having to keep up with the scoring pace because sometimes I'll start to score watch and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm shooting 220 and that's not enough. There's, Girls out there shooting 240, I'm like, all right, I need to step up my game here. <laughs> yeah. But with those harder pattern, with the harder patterns, I know that you know if I just stay clean and I just make my spares, I have a better shot at making it. So, do you find that uh, when you do bowl on the higher scoring conditions, that uh, putting that extra pressure on yourself actually hurts your performance, or is it more just you 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 have trouble keeping up with scores when they get high? I think a little bit of both. I'm really hard on myself um, when it comes to that. So I think yes and then um, yes and no. So I want to say yes to one and no to the other, but I think it's a a combination of both. Well, now that you have an 868 in your your back pocket, do you think that might change a little bit? (laughs) A little more comfortable striking? (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully it'll make myself a little bit more relaxed. God, even at league, I get nervous. And I'm, my dad's like, Brandy, it's just league. So, <laughs> it's just league. so. yeah. Yeah. You talk, you've mentioned your dad a couple of times. And I know in some of the conversations we've had in the past that he's been a really big part of your development. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, his involvement in your, in your, you know, upbringing and, and you know, your, your development as a bowler. Yeah. So my dad bowled a lot himself when he was younger. I mean, he bowled probably six, seven days a week. So he was the one that really got me into the sport. My mom was more of the league kind of for fun, you know, a couple drinks and whatnot. But my dad was more of the the go-getter when it came yeah. to that stuff. Um, so he was the one that got me into everything. I mean, he went to every one of my college events, every uh, outside tournament that I bowled. I mean, Any tournament he noticed, he signed me up for. I was at everything. And uh, I know it kills me that I live four hours away and he's not able to come watch me as often. But whenever there's a couple of tour stops, he tries to to make them out if they're close enough for him to go to. So. Nice. Yeah, that's that's very awesome. I was was actually uh, in preparation, kind of looking at uh, one of the articles we did leading up uh, to your TV appearance and the uh, Sonoma County Open in 2017. You mentioned those things, just how supportive and, you know, even getting you uh, into junior gold for the first time, which you found uh, some success at as well. So uh, shout out to all the bowling dads out there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, oh, go ahead, JT. No, 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 go ahead. You had, you had something. 
Uh, you, you mentioned that your dad would travel uh, to some, a lot of collegiate events as well. Uh, you had a great career at McKendree. Um, and, you know, that's, uh, you know, an interesting thing now that you're on the coaching side of it. You know, looking back, what were some of the biggest things, you know, uh, that you uh, as a player yourself kind of grew during your college years? And, you know, kind of looking back at it now, what are the big differences between uh, collegiate bowling, you know, essentially 10 years apart, looking at the early 2010s versus now into 2020, almost 2021. Yeah, so at the time when I was at McKendree back in 2008, Gary White was my uh, my coach, and he, I mean, he broke down the game every every little piece, and he's he taught us a lot um, on and off the lines. Uh, the difference is, I would say, is that um, back in the day, I, I honestly didn't know NCAA bowling really existed. Like I knew of it, but it I want to say it wasn't as popular as it is now. Um, cause I strictly just looked at USBC, uh, NAIA schools cause that's what McKendry was back in the day. And it went to NCAA division two, I think two years or a year after I graduated. Um, so fast forwarding to now, I mean, the amount of schools NCAA wise that are, I mean, adopting bowling, it's crazy. And it's awesome to see that these girls and, and guys, well, I take that back guys don't compete NCAA, but otherwise, um, these girls, they have so many different opportunities and that they can go to. And I think that's awesome. It, how, how different is it now versus in terms of the number of opportunities versus when you were uh, bowling collegiately? I want to say I just I just think we had limited limited options, I guess, if that's the word for it. Um, you know, you had your couple top schools like Wichita, McKendree. Lindenwood at the time, Pikeville. And those were your, like your four schools that you probably looked at the most, Robert Morris. But now, I mean, you take those NAI schools and now you have all these NCAA schools. I mean, these kids have every option there is out there. So it is pretty awesome. And you mentioned the NAIA, you won a national title uh, in 2011 for the Bearcats and 2010, uh, you made the ITC finals as well. So some su success there. And I wanted to share this photo too. So, oh, God. <laughs> oh gosh that's not bad no I mean, you know doing the flamingo stance a little i bit, know. You know and i'm sure i'm sure my girls if they see this they're gonna be like brandy you didn't post your shot because i always yell at them for not posting their shot. <laughs> just tell them the ball's already at the pin but <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's not bad i mean uh it's it's uh i've got another photo aaron Oh, okay. I pulled up, but it's not, um, it's not a Wonder Woman jersey, <laughs> but this is a Wonder Woman jersey. Yes. You excited about the uh, Wonder Woman 1984? I am. I am. I, uh, you know, I never really got into superheroes or anything like that until um, the first jersey I got made was the Wonder Woman jersey. And I'm like, all right, now I'm into this stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and Disney just announced they're they're putting it out on uh, Christmas Day. Yeah, so, so it looks like I'll have something to watch on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> Another present, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That that was an awesome jersey. Yes, that's that's got to be in our all time top five, if not the best jersey I've seen on TV. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't you agree, Aaron? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I. I enjoy when folks take the opportunity to to show some personality, and and Wonder Woman was the perfect uh, representation there for that pattern you had to bowl on on that team. <laughs> oh so my god! You, you needed superhuman abilities to figure that out, and uh, uh, of course, we're referring to the uh, Cubica AMF PWBA Sonoma County Open in 2017. The finals were in Baton Rouge, uh, but just an absolutely brutal condition. Uh, I believe uh, you and Rocio were one, two, and I believe you both averaged 205 for the week. So knowing how good the players are on tour, uh, you don't see many events where the top score is 205 for the entire week. You know, right. someone figures out something along the way. So, and, you know, we talked about the, uh, you know, the shot making ability, liking to bowl on tougher stuff. So uh, let's go back to that week. I, I know there was a lot of excitement. I know you, you earned the spot on TV in an exciting way as well. Uh, but what were some of your uh, favorite takeaways from that event? Oh boy. Um, I think one of my favorite takeaways uh, was that actually my roommate from college flew out for that tournament and she was there the whole time watching me because she has um, 
some family out there and she ended up working out there as well. So she's like, Hey, I see you have a tournament. I'm going to come and watch. I'm like, awesome. So she got to watch me make my first television show. So that was, that was really special to have someone there watching the whole time. That's awesome. Did she, was she just there for the, uh, the tournament part of the week or was she able to, to join you for the TV show as well? Uh, she was just there for the tournament part of the week. Okay. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. So I, I, I guess I should blame her for me not winning the TV show because yeah, she wasn't there. <laughs> that's right. She should have showed up. Now, what was the experience like bowling on TV? You know, I was nervous, um, but it was nice having family and friends in the stands being there and supporting me. Like my aunt flew out um, for the event. Um Heather Dreerko, Amanda Green, and Katie Sutphin were all there. So, and we all roomed together on tour. So it was nice that they stayed after the Queens um, and watched that TV show. So just knowing that they were there in that background kind of just like helped my nerves um, calm down just a little bit more. Yeah. And, and you had had experience, um, you know, with, with, you know, Amanda winning a title in the past. So, what, I mean, what, what was that? I mean, did you have it built up in your mind that it was something to win the title or were you just trying to go into that show with, hey, whatever happens, happens, <laughs> try to enjoy it? Uh, a little bit of both. Obviously, I wanted to win because that was the goal. But at the same time, I mean, those opportunities don't come around a lot. So when they do, I mean, I got to take advantage of it. And it was it was awesome. It was everything I could have ever wanted. Obviously, I wish I would have won. But at the same time, finishing second on that pattern I mean, I'll take that. So, have you been have you been happy with your uh, your PWBA career thus far, or are there things you you still you know are hoping to have accomplished already, or want to accomplish in the future? Yeah, I've been happy with how I've performed, um, especially with I think it was last year, the year before. I didn't bowl as many events, but those events I did bowl in, um, I bowled well. So I, I, I want to say yes, but I'm still I'm still gunning for that title. So it's going to happen, hopefully, but, or I will say it will happen. Hopefully yeah, it will happen. <laughs> <laughs> Power of positive thinking. What, what, uh, what do you feel like has been, you know, some of the things that have held you back from being able to win on tour so far? Um, I don't know. I, maybe my nerves, I, I get nervous a lot. And like I said earlier, I was more nervous to shoot 300 than I was 800 and it was, a, it's a on a house pattern and these patterns we bowl on, on tour are 10 times harder. So I just, I think it's just my nerves and my, um, I work with Dennis Knepper, who is the men's coach at McKendry. And he's kind of been helping me with that. Just doing some like head to head matches and trying to figure out different ways to help me feel more comfortable and maybe switch things up in my routine. Um, but it'll happen. I just need to, just need to calm down just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. How, how does that manifest itself? And are there like specific moments where you, you find you have more trouble controlling your anxiety or your nerves than others? Um, maybe it goes back to the scoring paces, I want to say, um, and just the score watching, because I know I catch myself doing that a lot. Um, something that I started doing two years ago when I almost made the Queens show out in Reno, um, I made a notebook and I kind of kept track of, you know, game to game scenarios and what I needed to work on and what, you know, worked well for me and what didn't. So I think that helped me a lot because it kind of kept my mind off of other things going on and I wasn't as distracted. So that's something that I'm going to do this year when I'm out on tour is just keep that notebook with me and kind of look back and like, okay, this is where I struggle. This is where I need to work on. So I'm looking forward to bringing that back into play. Nice. And that was uh, was something I was going to bring up in lieu of that conversation. Looking back at that event, uh, you had lost your opening match in the bracket, but then rattled off six consecutive wins in the elimination bracket uh, before uh, falling to Sydney Brummett in the round of eight there. So seventh place finish. Uh, uh, definitely got through some tough opponents there along the way too. And I think that that event and that portion of it at least kind of gives you the ability to kind of just fo focus on the task at hand instead of kind of worrying about what's going on around you, knowing that you could lose with 750, you could win with 550. That kind of happens there just over time uh, at the Queens. It's just a nature of the beast, if you will. But uh, 
but yeah, we've we've had quite a few folks talk about you know note taking and kind of helping them through that process. So uh, is is that something you brought to your players at Maryville as well? Yeah, I have in the past. Um, this year. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't really bring it out to them too much just with everything going on. And um, I know that's something that I'm going to bring out to them in the past. It's something that I tell them at junior gold is to definitely bring a notebook with them. Cause you know, especially when it comes to those practice sessions, you don't know what the patterns are. So just keeping key notes of what worked well, what bowling balls uh, looked pretty good on those patterns. Um, I tell them to do that for tournaments, but something at practices, I haven't really engraved into them mostly more at tournaments. So Excellent. Excellent. Uh, you did mention looking ahead to the 2021 season, obviously the schedule's out 20 events uh, to look forward to. Uh, I believe you have your, I believe the Maryville tournament is the weekend of the kickoff classic. Is that correct? It is. Yep. It's towards the, yeah, towards the end of the classic. I want to say it is. So not planning on, on bowling that one. No, I don't think so. Cause <laughs> the kids, come back that weekend before, um, you know, and with everything going on, we have to get tested um, to be able to come back on campus and whatnot. So that's the event I'll miss out on. So I don't think I'll be bowling until the beginning of May, I want to say. The two events before the Queens or the Queens will be my first one that I'll start. So. And then are, do you plan on bowling the whole season or, or maybe miss the one at the end, the fall classic? Uh, the fall, the fall classic. Yeah, definitely will be up in the air because depending on what the college season looks like, we usually always have a tournament that weekend. Um, but my goal is to make at least half of them. So I have my list on where I want to go. I definitely want to hit the majors um, and a lot of close of them, a lot of close tournaments nearby where I can drive to um, just because I don't know. Well, one of the things I don't know when we're going to get married if we don't get married in February. So I kind of I'm slim. I'm slim pickings with dates with that. So. <laughs> Yeah, don't uh, plan it around the bowling. Definitely, don't don't mess up the bowling with the, with the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you you typically bowl a partial schedule anyway? Correct. Uh, on tour, is that yeah, right? yeah, yeah? I haven't bowled really full time since maybe 2017, 18. Because before then, I bowled every event. Yeah. But now I think it's just coming a little tougher. I don't want to say becoming adult kind of stinks when you have a bunch of bills and everything <laughs> to pay for. So just kind of limiting and kind of picking and choosing what I can afford to go to and what I can't do. Um, that's the part where I'm at right now. So and especially with the wedding and whatnot. But I'm hoping to at least make half of them this upcoming season. So. Yeah, a lot of players, you know, I find that, like, for example, Ryan Simonelli and Josh Blanchard, they just, you know, retired from, from the tour. And in the first regional, they came back and bowled, they won. <laughs> so it, it seems like, you know, when you when you get a real job and you're not relying on, you know, the tour to, to make money, uh, it seems like a lot of players find it a lot easier to be more competitive. Do you, do you feel, do you feel like that might be the case in your, in your experience as well? I want to say in the beginning it was, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself just knowing that, Oh, to <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that idea. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> we, can, we, can we can live stream it. So you can have as many people there as you want. <laughs> in the bowling alley and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to say in the beginning, I did put a lot of pressure on myself because, uh, I mean, it's a lot of money, especially when you go to certain events, like maybe out in California that are a little bit more expensive. It's like, okay, well, I need to make cut to make this much and I need to do this and that. But now I just kind of just relaxing, kind of having some fun and you know, whatever happens happens. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I know a lot of, a lot of players have that mentality of, you know, I have to finish, you know, X position or higher in order to make my money back for the week. And when you eliminate that and you just don't care anymore, it, just, it seems like, you know, a lot of players just, just do a lot better they just loosens up their swing. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and some of these, a lot of these women on tour, this is their full-time job. So I get that. I get if you're not cashing, it's like, well, I'm losing money on that event. And sometimes they don't have another set of income coming in. So right, right, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting because some of them are, uh, this is their primary source. Someone like a Danielle McEwen, 
and it doesn't seem to affect them all that much because they're just great. Yeah. But, <laughs> right. But, but on the other hand, um, you know, there are, there are, there are players that maybe haven't reached that level yet where it is, there is a lot of pressure associated with, uh, you know, making, making the cut that week or finishing in the top 10 in order to, 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 to make their money back. So anyway, uh, it's, it's good to see that, uh, you, you know, you have a, at least a, a plan and a perspective around it. Yeah, definitely. All right, JT, we are, uh, we are flying through our topic list. I know, <laughs> I, know, I, know <laughs> I know, I know. I don't know if I'm a fast talker or. <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, it's good. Cause now we can ask all of our goofy questions. Oh God. <laughs> That's true. We uh, usually save a few of those, uh, you know, mentioned uh, the, the preview article for your TV appearance. Uh, I mentioned you participated in quite a few sports growing up, uh, uh, quite a few in high school as well, basketball and volleyball, I believe. I, I think you're, uh, you didn't have a high school bowling team though. Correct. But, but uh, you know, what was, uh, you know, you talked about the involvement with your dad. Was that really what ended up pushing you towards bowling full-time compared to, uh, you know, pursuing basketball, pursuing volleyball, any other sports? Uh, so actually, uh, it, it was part of my dad, but my guidance counselor in high school was actually the one that was like, hey, you know, there are schools that offer bowling and they offer scholarships. So you could you should look into that. So he actually gave me a list of schools and me and my dad did some research and we were like, OK, these are the top schools that we want to look at. And um, I was going to play basketball in college until this all came about and thought, hey, let's give this a try and go on a couple visits. And gosh, my dad made a big binder portfolio that he sent out to schools and yeah it <laughs> it was crazy but uh i'm glad that i ended up where i ended up and participated in this sport so do you still play uh, any basketball any pick up pick up basketball or any oh boy no <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like one of those sports that it's like uh like if someone were to ask me i love playing basketball all the way through high school and then even even in college we used to play on the im team and uh it was a lot of fun but like if somebody asked me to if i wanted to go play basketball right now i would just laugh it would just be like uh i don't want to be in the hospital for the next week so uh no no uh, are we just gonna play horse or are we gonna actually you know run and oh gosh and i'm i'm probably so out of shape right now it, it would be embarrassing <laughs> But my dad, um, he still helps out of my high school where uh, Bishop McNamara, where I went to high school, and he still does stats and he drives the girls around on the bus and whatnot. So when I graduated college, I would sometimes go back and do open gyms and play a little pickup games um, with them. But now, now, now I don't. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what position did you play? And, and uh, were you like a, a good long range shooter? Were you more of a box out rebounder type? Uh, I was a guard and uh, I was actually, since you mentioned that I did go to state for the three point shootout uh, my oh, wow. junior and senior year. Um, but I was, my coach in high school would cons uh, consider me like a scrappy player. Like I would be on the ground all the time. I'd had bruises, like wherever that ball was, we were going to get it no matter what I had to do to get it. So uh, defense was my main thing. I loved playing defense. Wow, just like bowling, just like the you like to grind it out, scratch <laughs> it out. Yep, right, right. Yeah. So yeah. nice, nice. But three, but I mean, you must have been a good shooter if you were in the uh, three point finals for your state. I was, and you know, this is going to sound really weird, but back in high school, our coach was against three pointers. Like we would not shoot them. It was like you, you, you shouldn't do it. Um, so it's something that we never really practiced. And then all of a sudden when we got into postseason for regionals and whatnot, there was a three point shootout and I was like, yeah, I'll participate in it. And then all of a sudden, like I made it past the first round, the second round. I'm like, Oh my God, what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, 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 uh, well, first of all, uh, he, hopefully he's changed his tune because that's all the, the game is now. Is I know. <laughs> uh, but, but did he let you start shooting some threes once he realized that he had a secret weapon? Sometimes, sometimes he was still kind of against it. Uh, but I mean, if we did have that open opportunity, then we could do it, but that wasn't, that wasn't the main thing. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting. 
Yeah. Although, although there's a there's a famous example of a a, a man who um, he he had no basketball knowledge and he he decided to coach his his daughter's team and he did some reading about basketball and realized that uh, there was something called a full court press and so the, the the girls on the team didn't know anything about basketball either so he just taught them how to shoot layups and uh, how to press full court and he would just bring in fresh players. And they ended up winning the state championship, uh, which which is an interesting story. But it, it kind of goes against the whole three point thing, which you know <laughs> I, I'm for the three point. They took me a while to come around because when I was watching Steph Curry, I was like, yeah, he can't shoot from there. That's that's not okay. And then he, he would make like eight out of ten of them, and it's like, well, maybe it is okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was you know what my coach's thing was: defense wins championships, and he was big on defense, so. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you were, you, you obviously like playing defense. So you fit into the system. Yeah. I loved it. I, I prefer defense over offense. So who's your favorite, your bulls fan? Uh, I am. I'm a big Chicago sports fan. Okay. Okay. So you, you enjoyed last dance. Oh my God. That was amazing. (laughs) And, And some of the stuff off those, uh, off that series, I never even knew what happened. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're not quite as old as Aaron and I. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so for you, it was like learning new stuff. For us, it was like re- it was nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, so after I watched it, I you know kind of went on Google and I was reading all this stuff, and I was like, wow, that really happened back in the day. So. Yeah, yeah. It was there's some good stories. Some fun, some fun. I mean, I was a Laker fan, so I didn't exactly love <laughs> when when you know they they beat the Lakers for that uh, first championship yeah uh, but I came to appreciate uh, Michael Jordan and, and and the Bulls and then you know we got it we ended up getting the coach so uh, definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah Phil came and got a few championships in LA so it all worked out happy ending you actually gotta thank Chicago for that because they pushed him out so <laughs> yeah exactly they did yeah yeah now Brent uh, go ahead Aaron Oh, uh, Brandy, you mentioned, uh, you know, kind of when you were getting around the time to start thinking about college, uh, you mentioned the binder, which sounds super cool uh, just to have a bowling binder like that with all the stuff. I'm sure some video in there. Uh, and obviously that's the thing you have to look at very closely right now. So for, you know, some of the student athletes who are out there, uh, you know, what are the things that, you know, a coach like you is looking for when someone sends in information, if they send in a resume, video, what are the things you're looking for, uh, you know, now as a coach that would say, hey, this is a player I'm interested. I want to find out more. I want to get them to come to Maryville. Uh, what are those things you look for? Yeah. So one of the big things is character. I look at that and I kind of observe how they um, when I get the chance, observe how they you know, react in tournaments um, towards their teammates, their uh, coaches, their parents, little things like that. I pay attention to those keynotes. Um you know, talent, they got to have some talent, obviously, but I'm also, I want to develop those kids as well. So even if they may not be the most talented person out there, that's okay. We'll develop you into the player that you can be. Um, and just, there was something else I was thinking of talent, character. Um, and you know, grades are a big thing too. I look at academics, um, because being a student athlete, we miss a lot of classes, miss a lot of school. So being able to have that time management skills, I mean, that's a big thing. So. Yeah. You don't, you don't, do you ever compare their portfolios to the one your dad made for you and just say, Oh, oh God, <laughs> <laughs> I think my dad went above and beyond on those. Portfolios, so, <laughs> But you know, since we're on the topic about recruiting, everything has changed now. You know, we're not allowed to recruit off campus right now. We have to do everything via Zoom, um, videos online, looking at past tournament performances. Like it's a completely different ball game. So, I'm not sure what this means. I'm just putting it up there just to see if you. Oh, Ellie. <laughs> okay. So Ellie, uh, she was one of my student athletes. Just graduated uh, this past year, and. <laughs> She was someone who we developed into a phenomenal player. I mean, she had little to no experience um, from high school to college, and she became one of our top girls in the program. So, yeah, it's funny that she said that. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you knew what that meant. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
on the off chance that you did, I put it up there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so besides basketball and bowling and, and getting married, what are some of your hobbies? Not that getting married is a hobby, but uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, something that I started taking up a little bit this summer was golf. I that was one sport I never got into. Um, and uh, my fiance is a big golfer and uh, he was going to golf in college before he decided to end up going. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So he's, before. he's good. He's he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> you know, when you're a pro at something, it's it's always hard to say that somebody's really good at something unless they're like that level, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's 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 okay. He's pretty decent. Um, but he would. We have a down the road from our house is a little a little golf course, a three par uh, golf course, and he would take me out there and kind of practice. And wow. It's definitely frustrating not being able to get this sport right away <laughs> mentally. <laughs> but uh, for our bridal shower, my dad actually bought me a set of golf clubs. So, oh, cool. yeah. So now um, we started to go out golfing a little bit more. And, you know, I'm starting to get in the hang of it a little bit, but I always ask a lot of questions. And it's funny, um, Andrew, my fiance, he's like, Brandy, this is the time where I need to, it's relaxing. It's supposed to be a relaxing time and you're asking me all these questions. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a newbie. I need to learn. <laughs> wow. That's funny. Does he, does he um, give, give you tips though? Like, like when you're standing over the ball, does he say, Hey, the ball needs to be further back in your stance? Does, he, does... he does. He does help me out a lot. And, um, and you know what he, uh, funny that we're talking about this. He's actually uh, our assistant coach at Maryville. So me and him, okay. we coach together and he loves coaching. And I mean, if he could do that all the time, he would, but he has a full-time job so he can only come to tournaments and whatnot. Um, but he loves the coaching side of it. So I think maybe with me, it's a little bit different. Uh, cause I get frustrated a lot and sometimes I take it out on him where, if I'm not bowling well or if I'm not golfing well, I'm like, oh, this is your fault. That I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like what that. my wife does too. She plays me when she plays bad. It's my fault somehow. But and it's – oh, go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say, like, what are, what are some of the things you work on with your golf game? Uh, so my swing is something that I'm, I really tried to focus on before uh, – the colder weather started coming up. Um, I bend my elbow or bend my arm in my swing. And that's not something you're supposed to do. And I'm very stiff as well. And Andrew's like, you need to get some knee bend. You need to, you know, relax and to do all this stuff. And so that's something that I'm definitely going to work on going into next year. And it's nice that we're able to do this together. That's not bowling related because everything that we've done is bowling. I mean, we, both went to McKendry and bowl together. We bowl leagues together. You know, we coach together. So it's nice to do something that's not bowling related. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Golf is, is a lot of fun, <laughs> but also very frustrating. Yes. <laughs> and we had uh, Lindsay Boomershine on the last edition of the PWBA podcast, and she mentioned golf was something she was taking up as well. And, uh, you know, she she talked about actually going out, getting, getting lessons, and oh, wow. I asked her, you know, how's that, you know, compared to the first time getting Bill Straub to, uh, you know, work with him in a practice, you know, <laughs> golf versus versus bowling. But uh, is that something, you know, as, as a coach yourself, have you have you kind of seen about that or is it just kind of been you and Andrew trying to work on your game uh, to get to the next level? Yeah, it's it's just something we do for fun. I, I mean, I'm never I don't think I'll ever take golfing. Well, I don't want to say seriously, but it's just something a leisure thing, activity that we can do together. So. Whatever he can teach me, that's 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 going to be it. <laughs> yeah, that, it, it took me a while to get to that point because I, I'm sure you're very um, ambitious with everything that you do and you want to be good at it. Um, so, but I mean, you're you're already so good at bowling. You have oh, that perspe- you have that perspective at that. Like, like I'll never say I'm good at golf because I I got pretty good at bowling. And so I I know I'll never be that good at it. Um, and it's, it's frustrating, but at some point you have to just accept, Hey, you started bowling when you were three years old and you did, you did it your whole life. So it's going to be pretty hard to ever be that good at something else again. (laughs) 
Yeah. And I think that was the hard part for me at first, like when he would take me out and, you know, we would practice some putting or uh, whatnot. And I'm just like, I don't, I'm not getting the hang of this. Like, what, what is this? This is frustrating. And he's just like, Brandy golf is something like bowling. It's going to take some time. Like you're going to have to go out and practice more and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is becoming too much. I think this is a leisure thing that I like to do for fun. <laughs> well, it's good that you have that, uh, that perspective so early on in your golf career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you done top, top golf yet? Um, I have, and that's, that's been fun. Um, I'll never forget the first time Andrew took me to, and I was extremely frustrated because the swing, I mean, same thing. My swing was terrible. Um, I could barely hit the ball and he's hitting it way farther out there than I am. And I'm like, okay, why can't I do what you're doing? <laughs> but did he, yeah. did he seek, did he, did he just, was he tight lipped about the secrets that, that he was able to allow him to do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, uh, He's, he's something else. So. <laughs> I I predict someday you will beat him and that will be a wonderful day in your life. Yeah, I hope so. It's, it's funny. The first time we went golfing, um, he kept the scorecard and he's like, okay, I think we're going to frame this and like put a picture of us in it just being like my first golfing experience. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of sweet. <laughs> yeah. And, and secretly it was because he beat you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really why I wanted to put it up there. Uh, well, you you, you got to tell them. Yeah, you can put that scorecard up, but the, the first time I beat you, I'm putting that one right next to it. That's right, and I think it's <laughs> I think it's something that like he can um, brag about, like, oh, I'm better at golf than you, because I'm always uh, like, well, I'm better at bowling than you. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. You always hold that over his head. Yeah. Good. That's good. What's his high series for three? Oh gosh. Honestly, I don't even know if he's, I think he shot 700, but I don't even know okay. if he's ever shot 700 before. He's more of the, like my mom was the more of the leisure type of bowler. Gotcha. Um, we go out and we bowl nationals together. Um, and then obviously we bowl league, but he's not competitive like I am. So yeah, yeah he's never bowled 868. No, <laughs> 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 that he is not. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. That's funny. It's good that you guys have a healthy competition within, within the marriage. That's <laughs> although sometimes on um, Monday night league, I do get frustrated with him. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm winning the points. Come on. You need to step up your game a little bit. Like, <laughs> I don't like losing. So, and he goes, Brandy, it's just league. I go, yeah, but there's still money to win at the end of league. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, all right, so we've talked about Wonder Woman. We've talked about you know some of the other uh, things that you like to watch. We always try to end the show with the uh, binge watch recommendations. What are your what are oh, the goodness. Brandy Branca binge watch recommendations for the, the world? Well, let's see. Uh, Grey's Anatomy is always my go-to. It's been um, a popular popular one on the show. Yeah. Yes, Grey's yeah. Anatomy. Um, how to get away with murder. I don't know if you guys ever heard yeah. of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's been a popular one on the show as well. Um, actually me and Andrew just started Shit's Creek. I don't know okay. if you've heard of that, but oh, um, yeah. we started that and uh, Riverdale high school, yeah. little drama thing. Yeah. Um, but those are like the Riverdale Grey's Anatomy and how to get away are kind of like my go-to where I can watch over and over again. Yeah. Have you seen the whole of, of Grey's Anatomy? It's like, 16 seasons or something, isn't it? Yeah, I've watched it. I've watched it all. Okay. So, okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. So I think I, I think I binge watched that two years ago over Christmas break. Like I watched the whole entire thing. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe I just watched that many seasons. <laughs> that is a lot. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you must not have slept. I, <laughs> I didn't. There would be times where I'd be up until like two or three in the morning and Andrew's like, uh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, just watching Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> and I got to finish it. I got to get that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about movies? Oh, gosh. <sighs> movies. I don't. Anything with Kevin Hart. I'm a big Kevin Hart fan. He's funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really watch 
too many movies. Like Kevin I will Hart's say, a good bowler. I don't know if you knew this, but really, yeah, he bowled the the Chris Paul event a couple of times. Oh, I did not. Yeah, he's actually pretty good. He's he's probably about one ninety. Oh wow! Yeah, that, that is really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I, he's ever shot eight sixty eight, but uh, <laughs> he's he's pretty good. Uh, something that we so once the pandemic, I guess, started happening, I guess, back in March and April, where, you know, school started shutting down and we were working from home and we really couldn't leave anywhere. Um, every weekend, me and Andrew on Sundays would try to watch like a, a movie series. So like Divergent, uh, that whole series yeah. we watched. Um, there were a couple other ones that I that's off the top of my head. I can't remember. But we would we would spend a Sunday just watching like three or four movies in a row. Harry Potter. Yeah. Like we would just sit there and just watch it all. So do you guys ever watch Lord of the Rings trilogy? He he has watched that. That is something that I have not watched yet. So that's okay. I will definitely put on the list. Okay. Like yeah, my wife hates it. She, oh. she yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. It's like one of my favorite, and she won't watch with me. She, oh no. She's just like, why, why isn't this not over yet? <laughs> just get to the end already. Just throw the damn ring in the volcano. Oh God, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Uh, what about um, Star Wars? Star Wars is something I never got into. Did you? I don't you, know. I, watched? I've never watched it. So maybe okay. I just need to sit down and watch it to see if I actually really do like it or not. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, uh, I have some Star Wars stuff behind me and on my wall. And so, uh, <laughs> I would, I would certainly recommend it. If you ever needed like a guide to help you with how to watch the order to watch it or anything, I could, I, I could be of use. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely put on a list for okay. sure. Okay. Let's okay. kind of put it as just some stuff there, JT. We know. <laughs> There's quite a bit there. And if I turn the, the camera around, there's even more on the other wall uh, behind me. But uh, uh, yeah, The Mandalorian, it's a great show uh, on Disney Plus right now. I would recommend oh. that. Yeah, they had a really awesome episode last night or Friday night. Um, but we don't have to go into that because yeah, <laughs> then we'd be on for another hour. Uh and I'd probably be sitting here like, okay, who is this? And you would. I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, you would. You would. It would just. It would be so confusing. Um, I, I will say, if you're if you're heading into something like that, because my girlfriend is big into Star Wars, big into Lord Lord of the Rings. We actually did the Lord of the, the Rings. You need someone to ask questions. So yeah, oh, hopefully Andrew is well versed in that, or <laughs> yeah. But it's important because I, I'm someone like, who is this guy? What did he do? Why is he relevant? And it's like, well, this thing happened, and you know, two episodes ago that tied it into it, and it's yeah. so I will I will offer that as a guidance for those. I'll, I'll, just, I'll give you an example. So my wife's a, a pretty big Star Wars fan, um, but not as big as me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we were watching The Mandalorian, which she likes a lot, and they introduced a character on on the show last night. Uh, whose name is Ahsoka Tano. And she's only appeared in the animated series uh, in Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars The Clone Wars. And so she was like, who the heck is this Is this character? She's awesome. But uh, I have no idea who this is. And I was like, this character is so awesome. You don't realize how awesome the fact that she's on this show has made this show. And so I was trying to explain it to her and it took me longer to explain it to her than the whole episode to watch. Right. But, but there are just so many things about star Wars that are cool like that. Like once you start watching it, uh, if you really want to get into it, which you should, uh, you can just go so far down the rabbit hole and there's so much stuff to watch. Uh, it would take a lot longer than Grey's Anatomy to, uh, <laughs> to catch up. I think that's probably going to be one of those uh, movie series where I actually like have to pay attention to understand like what is going on. Like <laughs> right. I can't be distracted by anything else. Yeah. And there is a specific, now that there's so much out there, like, like the Marvel uh, series, you have to watch it from Iron Man, right? Yeah. Iron Man one, all you have to watch it and you have to figure out like the order to watch it. And otherwise you like, who the heck is this guy? Who the yeah. heck, who's that character? And you're supposed to know, and they do cool stuff. And if you don't know who they are, then it's not cool. And it, it just ruins the whole thing. So Star Wars has gotten to that point now, except the problem with the Star Wars uh, was they didn't plan out the rollout like they did 
like Mar Marvel had the whole plan. Like they knew like which movie was going to come out when, you know, when, when Iron Man one came out, they had this whole plan for like 20 years that they knew they were going to follow. Whereas star Wars, they just started making stuff and it, there was no rhyme or reason to it. And then they went backwards and told different stories and then jumped forwards. And so it's like, when, where, when am I right now? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the hard part about it. But if you do want to watch it, I can give you the, the correct order. So you won't be overly confused. All right. If that, I'll put it on my list. And if I need help, I'm going to reach out to you. <laughs> okay. okay, great. <laughs> all right. Well, I think, I think that covers all of our crazy questions, Aaron. Do you have I mean, any other, other crazy ones? I, I do not have any crazy ones. We've already gone down the rabbit hole quite a bit with, uh, with some Star Wars here. So <laughs> the rings, I like it all. It's all good stuff. But uh, yeah, I think uh, we just hit the hour mark as well. So uh, I think with that, Brandy, we are good to let you go. But we want to thank you so much for joining us here on the PWBA podcast. Uh, kind of, you know, we talked a little bit about the collegiate aspect and uh, kind of looking ahead to the PWBA. We know you guys are kind of on lockdown in, in Illinois right now, but what are some of the things you're looking forward to uh, to start 2021? Oh, that's a good question. Um, probably I continue working on my master's. I, you know, I set a goal on what I wanted to achieve in this uh, program. So just making sure I reach that goal um, and just trying to figure out, I guess, what's going to happen with, you know, the wedding and, get everything ready tournament wise for the girls and figure out the rest of my plan for the PWA this season so, or this upcoming season. So those are my main priorities right now. Well, good luck. Good luck with all of it. Um, Thank you, man. It's, it's a crazy time to be trying to do all that stuff. <laughs> you know, and I was talking to um, one of my other friends this morning who's also getting married and I'm like, like, how did this even happen? Like, what are the odds of us going through this right now? And it's crazy to think, but, it, you know, I, it, I told Andrew, I said, we'll get married when we get married. It'll happen eventually. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck. Good luck with all of it. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. It's nice to see you guys. Cause I don't, I was trying to think of this this morning. I don't think I've seen you guys since trials. Yeah. When I bowled it. So yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Well, uh, looking forward to seeing you out on tour, getting that first title. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's, Absolutely. You know it's, you know it's coming. Yeah, hopefully. Cross fingers. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, happy, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Same to you guys. And yeah. stay, stay safe and healthy. And um, we'll see you guys here in a couple months. Yep. yep. All righty. See you soon. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Thank you. All right, Aaron Smith. Always happy when I get to talk Star Wars for a few minutes. I noticed the uh, the pep in your step increased when. when we got to that, so, uh, it's a good yeah. thing we didn't start the show with that. That's been a three hour show. That's true. I, I I thought about making a mention of it with Thanksgiving <laughs> weekend because with all the uh, the big story plots, I I did not understand that that character as well because oh, okay. I'm, I'm okay. not I'm not into it that deep. Like I was just happy to find out Baby Yoda's real name. I won't say yes. it here. But yes. uh, for those who haven't watched it yet, who's going to call Baby Yoda Grogu? I mean, that's that's the question, right? Um, I think I think Baby Yoda is destined to be Baby Yoda forever. I, I, I think it will be forever. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Too damn cute. That's the thing. Yes, yes, yes. yes. But you you enjoyed Ahsoka, right? I did. Yes. Yeah. So I learned a little bit about her this weekend as well. So that was. Uh, oh, uh, uh, your girlfriend. Fills you in on on who she was and why she's so important. Yeah, she was uh, she was equally as excited as you were to see yeah. her her character path come into this this show. So yeah, I, I can I can understand the giddiness. Yes, it's so it's so awesome, so awesome. And they just got to find a way to get her on the show more often. But unfortunately, I don't think they will. They're going to probably use her very sparingly, like like the uh, with my diet, the the uh, sparing use of spices on my food <laughs> but it makes them taste that much better when you get to have them doesn't it oh jt jt <laughs> <laughs> well, well speaking of awesome characters you're gonna have an awesome character wednesday on bowling explain tony franklin one of a kind uh gonna be joining you to talk about lane play we mentioned that a little bit earlier in the episode 2 p.m eastern for that show uh specifically looking at house shots correct yeah, correct. So Tony is is a great bowler, uh, eight-time mm -hmm. regional champion, bowled on tour for a little while. 
but he is an epic league bowler. He is, I think, a 247, a high average league bowler, and and just did it in he had 233 sport league. So he's, I mean, average. So he's he, he's the real deal. But uh, he's going to talk specifically about how to whack him in league. And uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. We had, you know, Brandy on today and talked about uh, that topic as well. So, uh, but, but there's a way to do it. I mean, uh, I remember go, going back to, you know, my days growing up, 230 was about all, all you could do as far as league average is a concern. But then Reactive came out and then we learned how to use it. And uh, I actually, you know, gave up bowling for a while and came back and realized, hey, you could average 250 now. And so Tony's going to tell you how to average 250. Well, that's going to be pretty awesome. Looking forward to that. Uh, Thursday on Inside the OC, a uh, few, few additional characters uh, joining us all the way from Wisconsin. Uh, Nick Heilman and Andy Mills, uh, who won a team title in 2012 in Baton Rouge. That was kind of their uh, introduction on the national scene. They've put together some very competitive teams over the years, and they are downright hilarious on social media. Uh, Andy likes to wear very bright pants, uh, so I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. It'll be a good time, uh, so looking forward to that. Thursday with Matt Kinazaro, 2 p.m. Eastern as well. And then, JT, we made it. We made it. Final yes. episode. Right, almost Star Wars worthy. Top it, 20 it, seasons. It is. Uh, top 20 seasons, number one, coming up on Friday. Um, I, I think – we put it out in the email, but I don't know. Maybe maybe we should just tell people to to come back Friday for for to to find out who it is, right? I like that. Yes. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. I mean, Start. it's it's amazing. Uh, you know, with, with especially some of the the ones we've had recently, just to think that there's another season out there that hasn't been talked about yet that that beats some of the some of the seasons we've had on our list recently. CDB's 2001, Lisa Wagner's 1988. Um, Kelly's 2010. Uh, it's it's really amazing to think that there's a season out there that that's still left to be talked about that was better than all of them. Truly a great recap and history lesson of professional women's bowling. And you can find all those and more also on pwba.com to kind of relive the series as well. Uh, but I believe that's going to do it for episode 49. So uh, big thanks to Brandy Branca once again for joining us. As we mentioned, uh, recently set the Illinois state record women's high three game series, 868. Uh, great conversation with her. Definitely looking forward to seeing her back on tour in 2021. But for uh, Jason Thomas, I'm Aaron Smith. Thanks again for joining us on the PWBA podcast. Have a great week, everybody. And Bull TV, Bowling Lives Here. Take care, folks. <laughs>